Welcome to track number six of Church Planting. Amen. Now, one of the things about loyalty is you need to catch the spirit of the house in order to be loyal. Amen. You need to catch the spirit of the house, of the ministry. Because every ministry has a culture. Amen. And by culture, we mean the way things are done around here. Amen. Interfellowship has its own culture. Are you there? Are you there? And there is an anointing on every ministry. So, you see, there are different ways of doing the same thing. And somehow, we have to choose one particular way. Amen. And when we get that way right, and we all support it, things will work. I'll give an example of Pastor Oliver, Pastor Robin. Pastor Oliver is not always right. One day, one of my pastors told me, we're discussing something, he said to me, you are not always right. You know, but there was no need for him to say that because it is true that I am not always right. How can I be always right? Who is always right? Nobody is always right. We are all wrong many times. Amen. So, even though we are all wrong many times, we do need to get to the place where we accept the leadership of one person. We cannot have two captains in a ship. You cannot have two heads on your baby. How many would like to have a baby with two heads? One will cry, nah, nah. Another will cry, nah, nah. And two heads on one baby. Nobody would like to have that. We all want to have one head, one captain. Amen. Can I have an amen? amen? And we need to accept that one person and only one person can be a head of something. And this is a difficulty that many people have. We cannot accept that one person, even though he's human and even though he's laden with mistakes and errors is the determined leader of the church this is difficult for many of us to accept but we have to accept because that is the way god has ordained things to be can i have an amen, amen. can i have a better amen? amen so to catch the spirit of the ministry all right you must adopt the vision of the house amen i'm now preaching from this book also mega church you must catch the vision of the house what is the vision of this house huh what is the vision of lighthouse chapel what is the vision of td jakes 
whichever house you belong to catch the vision if the vision here is prosperity then just catch the vision and flow in the prosperity but don't be in this church and try to let the vision be the cross of jesus christ when the pastor's vision is prosperity if you don't like the prosperity vision go to another church where the vision is the cross but don't stay in the prosperity church and speak against the prosperity message and fight the prosperity message from the back are you listening to me so catch the vision of the house number two catch the principles i'm giving you the things you must catch and i'm preaching from page 98 in the mega church the principles because if you are going to be loyal you need to have the principles of the house for instance in our church one of the principles we teach a lot about are loyalty the principles of loyalty one day somebody said to me i cannot stay in your church because i cannot be loyal to you he told me he said i find it difficult to be loyal to you and i said well then just go out of the church do you understand and he went out of the church even before i told him to go out of the church because he himself realized that the culture of the house was a culture of loyalty and not a culture of but another pastor came from another church to join our church I and mean, he wasn't a pastor then and he came and one day he said to me i have seen something about your church and i said what is it he said your church is airtight i said what do you mean by airtight and he said it's not easy to criticize you in the church you can't he said there's nobody in the office who is criticizing you we don't have people who are complaining and people who are saying things about you there is nothing like that here and he said i'm surprised and he said because the church that i came from you know they are always talking about the senior pastor after church they'll be discussing him saying this saying that criticizing him talking about what he said talking about his wife talking about this about his car and there's always a discussion about something to do with the church and to do with the pastor but when he came into our church he said i have seen your church is airtight how many want an airtight church we don't want to be able to admit the heirs of disloyalty into the church anywhere can i have an amen satan will get in and devastate your church he will spoil your church through disloyalty so our church has a culture it, it has it has gone beyond a teaching and has become a culture which we intend to maintain of loyalty and flowing and believing and accepting and trusting as against criticizing analyzing criticizing commenting speaking negatively about things and even in our church there's a culture of not saying bad things about anybody it's not only not saying bad things about me but there's a culture of not saying bad things about anybody you will rarely get me god for and i'm sure i've done it before but as far as i know to say something bad about any pastor or anybody who is doing something no why why should i say i mean how difficult it is to do the work of god look at somebody who is trying to do something oh, what, 
What should I say about him? There's nothing like that. I don't have a meeting here and then when I go somewhere, I say something else. I don't like that. We need a culture of loyalty. One day, I had a friend and uh, we had a meeting of some pastors. Then, after I was talking with this other pastor and he said to me, do you think that this guy is your friend for nothing? And I said, what do you mean? Do I think that he's your friend? That guy who was talking is my friend and that person's friend. We're all friends. But this other guy had gone. Now he was telling me. He said, do you think that guy is your friend for nothing? I said, what, what do you mean by that? I said, then he gave me a proverb. A proverb. And the proverb he gave me was that, Kokodene does not jump on the lawn in the afternoon without a reason <laughs> kokodene do you know what kokodene is everybody say kokodene kokodene is a frog <laughs> and he said a frog does not jump on the lawn in the afternoon without a good reason hey that me or a toad or a frog it's like you don't normally see a frog jumping on the green grass in the daytime you see it in the night moving somewhere but if you see a kokodene jumping freely in the afternoon then there is a reason so he was trying to say to me that this guy is your friend because of what he can get from you because of this and that and that that is why he's associating with you and that's why he's your friend by it's not so i felt that what he had said was not nice so i went i told the other because loyalty does not withhold information we will come to that if we have time so i told my other brother look at what this man says about you and i told him i cannot allow because when they say something like it enters your mind so as i'm with the guy i'll be thinking that this is kokodene <laughs> so i didn't want any such thoughts to be in my mind so i told him look at what this person says that kokodene is jumping in the afternoon <laughs> On the lawn <laughs> so my friend was found out that I had told him he was very angry why should I say Kokodene is jumping on the lawn in the afternoon he was just talking to me why should I say that Kokodene is jumping in the afternoon on the lawn and I said, my friend, if you like, say another one of your proverbs, I will go and tell him again. <laughs> From that time, he was not my friend again. I don't need people who have sarcastic comments about everything. People who have terrible statements. And some, I mean, there are some people whose their mouths are like knives. Ah! One day, a pastor was coming to officiate. <laughs> That's my loyalty. When I start to talk, and there are so many stories. Anyway, a pastor was coming to officiate, officiate another pastor's wedding. <laughs> and then this pastor, I think he's the same Kokodene guy. <laughs> you know, he was talking. You know, one day I told this guy, I said, look, the way you are talking, it's not right. I said, one hour ago, we were in his office, all of us talking. 
friendly Christians. We've come out. Look at what you are saying. Then he said, oh, I wouldn't like this person to officiate my wedding. I said, why? He said, oh, when he officiated so-and-so's wedding. <laughs> after... <laughs> I can't say it. It's okay. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! People have tongues like knives, <laughs> and and when they say something about somebody, it's so nasty. You know, when you have such people in a church as part of your pastoral team, after you've had a nice fellowship with them. And you are going, then the knives are flowing back, biting knives into your back. What is that? Can you imagine? I've finished talking with Pastor Oliver, I'm going home, then I'm going with my pastors, and I'm saying bad things about Pastor Oliver. So he's like this, they don't mind him. This and I mean, what kind of evil is that? I don't believe in that. I don't like such things. I don't want it. Don't I can't be your friend if that's how you talk. I don't have friends like that. Watch how people talk about people. It's not a good character to have somebody who says bad things. Just about anybody. You meet this person, start talking about Benny Hinn. So Benny Hinn, he's mystical. He's like, oh, what is that? Mystical. And then you laugh in a way. So he's mystical sermons. And so I say, ah, what are you saying? And you talk about someone and say, he's like this. You say, you wouldn't like this person to officiate your wedding. I said, Why? He said, because when he officiated somebody's wedding and he went home, he failed in bed. He, he failed in bed. I said, what are you saying? What are you saying? The person failed in bed because this one laid hands on him and officiated his wedding. <laughs> it's not a nice thing to say. If you failed in bed when you went to, it's not the pastor's fault. How is it the pastor's fault? <laughs> you have fat negative things to say about everything. And when you join a house and you join a church, there is a culture. You have to flow with the culture. If the culture is loyalty, Flow with it. If the principles that are taught there are loyalty, flow with it. Amen. All right. The next thing, the philosophy of the house, the general trend of thinking, you have to flow with it. The standards of the house, you get it. What are the standards that have been set by the pastor, by the church? Accept them. Don't try to create your own standards. Now, some of the standards. Uh, of the house then you have the, the doctrines of the house the things that are taught you know don't try to be different why do you want to be different amen why do you want to be it you see it's out of the pride of creating something new that causes us to try to be different don't try to be different try to do what's right and if what's right is the same as what somebody has already done just do it there's no need to create something new I'm not saying you have to do everything as what somebody else is, but if that is the right thing, then say and do it as he's doing it because that's the right thing. But don't be motivated by pride to come up with something new all the time. Amen. Just flow. Amen. The procedures of the house. If we say we are having a meeting or a shepherd's camp and everybody must be here, 
that's the procedure look my church when i'm having weekday service on Tuesday, i expect every pastor to be there you cannot not come to the past and even my pastors who are outside i expect them to listen to what i preach to them. every everything everything i preach is on the internet after i preach every every tuesday service and i have an impartation service on it's on the internet you can download if you are interested every tuesday and every Sunday, you can get somebody download it on the cd you can and i expect my pastors to listen to it because my tuesday service and my impartation service i'm talking mostly to the pastors and i expect them to listen if i'm having a coming i expect them to be there fully not people slipping in and out slippery sam and slippery susie amen and when i'm praying i expect all the musicians to be there praying if this was my if this was my church i'm having a meeting all these people who play instruments should be here i'll not accept that especially if they are full-time people i'll not accept them to be elsewhere one day i met a guy he said hello he went to took me to a restaurant i mean i went with him to a restaurant was sitting down and he told me something i said what is it he said i'm in love i said you are in love <laughs> you, are in, you are in love you are in love with you he said, I, I mean he's in love with me me <laughs> I, said, I said look you have found the wrong person then you listen i'm telling you a story then he brought out a cassette player a cassette player and he put in a cassette and he pressed play and they were singing amazing grace amazing grace da, 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 da. they were singing it and he said can you hear he said the piano he said yes i'm the one playing the piano he said i play the piano in a church i said you play piano in a church and you are a homosexual falling in love with people we don't need homosexuals on the piano just because they can play just because they can play they come and play drums we need spiritual people playing our instruments singing in our choirs standing behind the sacred desk we don't need liars on stage thieves on stage people who don't want to get married on stage people who don't want to do everything the way the way they want to do it we need to have certain accepted procedures and standards in the house of god can i have an amen from somebody the emphasis of the house what do we emphasize that's the next thing you've got to catch to catch the spirit of the ministry and then the anointing of the house catch the anointing when you catch the anointing you will be blessed amen and you will flow greatly in the ministry amen so loyalty is a very very important thing okay so i've just finished talking about how to catch this spirit of the ministry and now when we talk about loyalty we are talking about becoming a group of people who are very faithful and loving to each other for a very long time 
Can I have an amen? amen? Powers. You see, we want to be your friend. How old are you? 37. Till you are 63. Till you are 73. We want to be with you forever. Do you want to be with us forever? Yes. That's loyalty. Forever. We don't want to just know powers for two years. Or we just want to know powers for five years till maybe he becomes a bit famous. We want to be with you forever and ever. Amen. So when we want loyal and faithful people, we are looking at people whom we are going to stay with no matter what happens for a very, very, very long time. And the longer you stay with people, let me tell you, the longer and greater your ministry gets. Because Satan is the one who keeps coming in to divide the church. As the church gets bigger, then something happens. This one goes off with a group. This one breaks up. And then you start to talk to people in the congregation as the preaching is going on. And people are now having two and three minds about the church. Are you listening to me? So it is important, I'm sharing with you on chapter 1, why loyalty is important. Amen. In the church. In this church and in the church. Why? Amen. The first reason is so that we can have a long-lasting ministry. Amen. Hallelujah. The second reason is because loyalty is the principal qualification for every minister. First Corinthians chapter 4 verse 2. The Bible says, It is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. And the word faithful is the same word, loyal, stable, um, trustworthy. It means reliable. It means available. It means the same. Somebody who doesn't change. Okay? It is a requirement. It's not, so, you know, the, the, when we say it's a requirement, you know, when you, when you have a car, there are some things that are essential. Like the brakes, like the wipers of the car. They, they, they are things you can't have a car without. You need a windscreen. You need it. You need tires. It's essential. But there are some things we can do without, like the air conditioning. We can do without the air conditioner. We can do without the CD player. We can do without the cassette player. We can do without your uh, uh, cruise control. We can do without so many features, electronic side mirrors and so even we can do without the side mirrors but we need at least one mirror to look behind so there are some things which are not essential but now the bible is saying it is required that means that it is essential it's one of the requirements of a minister not anointing not anything but faithfulness faithfulness it is required that you should be faithful so i want to say anybody here who wants to be a pastor and who wants to be a minister either from interfellowship or any other church one of the main things you need to develop and understand uh, and fight from ever becoming you need to understand and you have, you have to fight always never to become a disloyal or an unfaithful person because it, when you are becoming disloyal and unfaithful you will think you are right you will think you have a good case you will be motivated you will be inspired and you will go ahead and do it but with time you will discover that it is not easy to kick against the pricks you will find out with time go and ask the prodigal son he will explain everything to you 
The second reason is because the devil fights the church through disloyalty and unfaithful people. Now let me tell you, if Pastor Oliver starts churches, he sends out his best people. We say, he asks members, go here, go here, go here. You go here, start a church. And you must not go unless you are sent. Please, the pastor has to send you. After we do a small altar call, you want to be a pastor, belong to the fellowship, you want to become a pastor and so on, we'll be training you. Eventually, you will be sent out. Don't go unless you are sent. And some were sent and some just went. There's a difference. Don't just went, be sent. I said, don't just went, be sent. There's a difference between those who just went and those who were sent. May you be sent in Jesus' name. I said, may you be sent in Jesus' name. May you have the full blessing like Paul and Barnabas. Bible says, and they were sent forth by the church in Antioch. May you be sent forth and not just go on your own in anger and in rebellion. Are you listening to me? Now, loyalty is a requirement. Tell somebody you need to be loyal. Amen. I've almost finished preaching, so those of you who want to go home, you'll be going home soon. To fight the fifth column. That is the next reason. What is the fifth column? Fifth column. One time, a, a commander of an army was trying to invade a big city which was surrounded by a huge wall. And uh, a young man came up to him and asked him, Sir, how are you going to take the city? And the, man, the commander said, uh, The commander smiled. And then the young man asked him, Are you going to use your paratroopers? He said, No. Are you going to use your tanks? No. Are you going to use your aircraft no are you going to use the nuclear bombs no i are you going to use any of four any of your four battalions he said no are you going to use your special commandos no and the general laughed and so the young man said how are you going to take the city how will you do it and the man smiled and said i'll use the fifth column fifth column he said, but i thought you had only four columns that's four battalions and the man the general said i have a fifth column that is i have some people inside the city they are going to light fire, they are going to light bomb, and they will open the, the, the door of the city and we will enter. Every major victory in every war is usually won through this thing, this loyalty. Saddam Hussein, they would never have caught him. Never. How many months he eluded these forces? And he was far away in a hole. Somebody told them, even the sons of Saddam Hussein, their uncle or their relative went and gave a tip off, and he got $30 million. Saddam Hussein also, they gave the person so many million dollars. They changed his name, everything, changed his passport, gave him a new identity, put him in another country. Maybe he's in uh, Devon here starting a business <laughs> yeah they will never win unless they have insiders america the reason why the the, the war on terror has gone against them is because they stopped sponsoring this type of no they stopped sponsoring this type of spies people who come and tell they were depending more on technology high-tech aeroplanes more, monitoring phones and so on but they stopped using spies and people in israel recently i saw they cut some two palestinians and they dragged them on the streets of palestine and killed them because they said they were informers 
they had informed the Israeli. How does Israel know that this house there is, is a house of terrorists? There are spies in Palestine. There are spies there who tell, and they use it and they pay them heavily. All the wars that are being fought in this world are being fought through spying and somebody who is not with you but is with you whose heart is not with you but he is in your midst his life and his spirit is not really there but he is a member fully registered and accepted at the highest levels but he is really not with you that is how wars are won in the natural and that is how they are won in the spirit that is how jesus christ was taken by judas only that jesus knew and jesus said the one who is eating with me will lift up his heel it would have been better that he wasn't born let pray that you never become one of such a thing for them to lift their hand and say pray that you never it would have been better that you were not born all the wars are won even the second world war and so on in america there's this trial the 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 uh, Rosenberg trials or Rosenberg Rosenberg trials an American man who was working in the factory where they were designing the nuclear bomb he and his wife and his brothers the wife's brother found out as they were working the guy was working as a technician and he worked right where they were doing the diagrams and everything and he stole the diagram and he sent it to Russia and he gave it to them and to the american surprise russians developed the they developed the nuclear bomb and they call it the rosenberg trial and the the judge said this is the crime of the century by giving this nuclear information to the russians they have opened the door of nuclear whatever for the whole world and they call it the crime of the century. the man and his wife both of them they were executed they had two little children and he showed them in their coffin two of them they were executed by the American. you see after the war the war ended in 1945 but they didn't know how the American, the russians got the, the the what do you call it the information but in 1949 somewhere there the americans developed a new way of decoding the russian secret lines and they decoded and saw the names of all these guys who were working there and how they had been transmitted information and then they arrested all of them after the war and they call it the crime of this and through that all, so all these wars and you see the way this turns this way it goes this way it goes that way it's all because there is an orangu i call rebels orangutan orangus in the church with you they are not with you but they look like they are with you they move with you and then they speak against you undermining you once you are moving on top they are mining under before you realize ah, ah, and you go down when caesar was killed he was killed he was executed and he was killed by his close friends he turned around to his best friend whom he was working with brutus and he said you two brutus you two you two are you part of this thing 
Tous, are you part of this? Et tout bruté. You two brutus. Are you part of it? Jesus met adulteress. He would tell them to go. Leave her alone. He met people who had slept with so many men. He said, you, you have living water. He met thieves and he said, follow me and be my disciple. He met people who had done so many bad things. But when he saw Judas, he said it would have been better for this man never to be born. Pray that you will never become such a person. Jesus met thieves and he said, let them join the church. Let them be disciples. He met all kinds of characters. Women who have been sleeping with different men and all of them. He made them preachers. He made them pastors. He appointed them. But when he came across Judas Iscariot, he said it would have been better that he was not born. Pray that you will never become somebody who will be used by the devil to fight against God's man from within. It would have been better that you didn't come. Zimbo. Zigzag. Zimbabwe. <laughs> Are you still with me? You see, we are on page 16 and we've got about 200 pages to go. <laughs> so you see, we can be here till tomorrow easily. So we are just touching the surface. And you, you may think you have read the book before, but as I'm preaching, how many have realized that you have realized that you didn't really understand the book? The next one. For the love of God to fill the church. That is why we must have loyalty. We need faithfulness so that there will be a feeling of love and peace in a church. Any church where there is tension between the pastors, eh? you get it? There is always some tension, latent tension in the church. It's just like a husband and wife. Even pastors. People often look at the pastor when he comes to sit in front with the wife to see whether there is tension between them. It's true. They look at them and they analyze to see whether is there a flow. Because many times there is no flow. People can quarrel, especially Saturdays. There is something we call PPQ. Do you know PPQ? PPQ is pre-preaching quarrels. Quarrels that come before you preach. It's very common among pastors. PPQ. It starts on Friday. Follows to Saturday. And evaporates after church on Sunday. Watch out for PPQs. They are ordained of the devil to scatter you and bring confusion before you go and minister. PPQs. Zimbo. <laughs> we need peace. Sheep are the most peace-loving animals. You see a sheep grazing. You do something, the sheep becomes scared. Look, I want all of you to go and watch the channel which shows the wild animals. Try to watch one where they are showing when the animals are coming to drink. They come looking. Is there anything bad in the water? 
is there any danger here? And the deers come gently, treading very carefully. And then they take one step because as they drink, they can die. And they know it. So as they are watching, I was surprised to find monkeys stay on guard for antelopes and for zebras. Did you know that? I was driving by in a game park one day and I saw a monkey. The monkey is on guard. He's watching for them. They are working together. <laughs> I tell you. Loyal friends. Are you listening to me? When we have people in the church who cause such confusion and the church is now shaking and trembling, are we doing the right thing? And they are always criticizing and saying negative things about us. People are now uncertain about the church. I remember when I was, uh, when I was uh, at home with my parents, if ever my parents would have a serious argument or there was something, my heart used to beat. I became so scared. Because you see, it is all you know. It is the security that you have. So it frightens you to see your father and your mother or even your fathers and your uncles and those who are over you fighting. It's scary spiritually some people leave the church and as they are leaving they turn around and the last thing that they do is they wee wee in the church and then they go why did you wee wee on the church before you went it is in the bible is it enough for you to have drunk of the waters and yet you have muddied the waters so that the next person who comes to drink, new member who is coming to the church, the person comes and says, mm, there's something about, mm, are you sure it's a good church? Are you sure it's good water? Why? Just because you joined the church and after five years you left, when you were going, look at all the things that you said about us. Look at the things you said about that man of God. Look at the things you said about that person. Now you have driven away so many people from the church and many people are afraid to join the church because now there are no more still waters. Sheep love still waters. That is why the Bible says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leadeth me by still waters. sheep are looking for stability that is why churches that have been there for a long time are the biggest churches because if it's, if it's a long time the pastor has usually finished fighting with all the orangus and sacked them after some time he's now left alone <laughs> so there's peace in the church and then it starts to grow peacefully tell somebody i'm going to have a big church one day amen the next reason why we must have loyalty <laughs> is to have a large and successful ministerial team. Can I have all the pastors of interfellowship to come to the front, please? The next reason is to have, except Pastor if you are a pastor in this church, come. I, I, need, you, I need you to stand here. Just stand from where Brother Graham is, Craig. Basil, Wellington, Powers, and I don't know the lady pastors. What are your names? Lady pastor what? Desiree. Desiree, and then who's that? Shamel. Shawanda. 
Shemaine, okay. Husband and wife. Good. Is this lady also a pastor, the one who's coming? Okay. Good. Now, we want to have a larger team than this. One of the reasons for loyalty is to have a large and successful ministerial team. Now, look at me. I have a pastor in Switzerland. How do I know what he's saying about me? Here's somebody in Namibia. How do I know what he's saying about me? This one is in South Africa. What do I know what he's saying about me? This one is in Johannesburg. What do I know what he's saying about me? Huh? Huh? To have a lot of people everywhere, you need to have loyal people who, when you see, you are not afraid. Or you are not annoyed when you see them. You see the person, you'll be looking at the person, you. One pastor, he went to visit a church that he has started. When he went there, the ashes stood at the door, you cannot come in. Say what? <laughs> because he had told the ashes not to allow him to come in. So they stood at the door and they said, you can't come here. And he was turned away. Because he had poisoned their minds before they came there. Changing the name of the church. They've sent you, they say the church is called Interfellowship. Now you are changing the name to International Fellowship. Of separated members. You are separatists and rebels. Huh? We should have a camp on only loyalty. We can be here for five days on this place. Are you listening to me? We want, look at these few people. Few people. Few. How many people who are in interfellowship, you now, you now like to be a minister and a pastor? Come, come and join all this side. I want you to fill this side. You're in interfellowship. You like to be a minister. Quickly, quickly. Oh, don't be thinking twice. After all that I've been preaching, for you to be thinking twice, there's a demon has affected you. Zigzag. Quickly to this side. This side. All here. You're in interfellowship. You like to be a minister. You like to be a pastor. Come and join all the way. Very good. Very good. Clap for them as they come. All of you must come. Yeah. 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 These are all churches standing here. Clap for the churches who are standing here. Amen. All these people now want to be pastors and ministers. Huh? Is it not a larger team? And because we want to have a larger team, we need to talk about loyalty. And you people need to understand it. Because I can tell you, the demons have seen you. You've all come to... Julian! I have a Julian too. The demons have seen you. You've come to stand here. And the demons are saying, oh, oh, I see. Oh, I see. You want to be, huh? Okay, no problem. We are waiting outside. <laughs> and when you go and when you finish, you'll find out that the enemy will start to bring deceptions and delusions. I tell you, I don't have to, I don't have to even prophesy. It will happen. And if you don't get these principles, all of you do have this book. Hey, hey, 
please you need to not only have it but you need to understand it do you understand and if you can, as you can see i haven't had much time to go into it but i believe that in the coming months you are going to become more and more and more prepared because you are the people i came for do you understand look some some a year ago two years ago, if i had come to this church and i say how many of you want to be ministers i will not get all these people standing it's because of what you've been hearing now you are becoming geared up and tuned up to become tent ministers lay ministers pastors whatever is that not so how many will agree with me how many agree with me you are now preparing for eternity amen we shall be in the new jerusalem all of us and some of you will not be in, in, in Durban. Some of you will be in different places. We're going to be spreading out. One day we'll be driving and we'll see interfellowship. You go a bit and you see another interfellowship. You go, you see a sign, interfellowship. It's moving. Huh? My sister with the... What do you call it? Nose rain. I want, I want one for my nose. <laughs> Are brothers allowed to have a nose ring? Okay. Do I have to have an injection to have it? Press with a gun. Oh no, I don't want a gun. <laughs> I thought you stick it on for me. Special gun. Okay. Are you listening? We are too few. Do you agree that we are too few? Pastor um, in Newlands. What's the name again? Anthony, we want some people to become pastors from your church. There must be pastors who come from your church too. Do you see? How many people do you have in your church? About 450, 500 people. So, I mean, 500 people, you must be able to have, uh, what do you call it? Some people becoming pastors and leaders from there. You, you cannot be the only pastors in your church. We need at least 10 people from your church. Okay, at least 10 people. One. One per hundred. Amen. What do you think? Larry. What do you think? You're going to be faithful? Huh? Loyal? Work hard? If all of you have 70 people, you get it? You've got about 100 people here. That's 7,000 people. Amen. And we get uh, Pastor Anthony's t- uh, uh, 10 people. We are getting to 7,000. If all of you have 100 people, say 70, that's 7,000 people. Yeah. This is what the devil is afraid of. That everybody will rise up and say, we are going to work. We won't just sit down in the church again. We are going to work. We will also do something. And when when you are finally mobilized to get up and do something then he starts to come in the midst of us to join us the bible says that job in the book of job the lord came and all the sons of god came and satan also came in their midst and the lord asked him, where have you been you see he was in the midst of the sons of god and that is his primary role is to stay amongst us and use somebody in a painful way painful so that it really hurts the church and discourages the pastor from ever starting another church but we shall not be discouraged in this last day 
we know the devil and when we see you see when you understand what i'm talking about loyalty you will say this i know have i told you that story before i had a friend in school we were studying macbeth for our literature exam and he would memorize this this text in the macbeth have you heard of macbeth he would memorize it and one day we were in the dormitory and he got up and he said if i go for the exam and this thing in macbeth comes if I, he stood up and he stood on his bed and he said uh, he would quote all of macbeth and he'd be so happy and he said if this part if this thing comes in the exam i will stand up and say this i know this everybody say this i know when you've understood loyalty huh and the devil is coming with various things what will you do you stand up and you say this i know i know this thing we've heard about you we were taught about you at the shepherd's camp one of the things we teach a lot is loyalty for you to understand it you see not for the sake of the church because it's for your sake I believe that the teaching on loyalty is primarily for you not for the church because you are the one who is destroyed in this loyalty you can't destroy the church god knew you would do what you would do before you do it he has alternative plans and he has other ways of doing what he wants to do with you or without you the loyal distorted destroys the person it doesn't destroy the church nobody can destroy my ministry you can say whatever you want you cannot subtract god knows what i have done he knows my heart he is not going to bless me or reward me because i did 20 or 30. he's going to reward me because i was faithful when jesus was going to heaven he just stood to the disciples said go and he went to heaven if you like don't go do you see if you like don't and a lot of people didn't go but that does not detract from the rewards that come to jesus christ he has done his part if i have come to this church and i have poured out my heart i've invested in you and i've shared with you everything giving you my books free of charge spent a lot of money to come here and so on and you don't do the work i've done my part you cannot detract or subtract from what god will reward me for so that's why jesus stood on the mountain and said go to all the world is it clear okay see you he started his path his up and he went to heaven and that's the end so you have to understand loyalty because we are going to have a large everybody say large everybody say large say large large plenty plenty mega mega massive ministerial team of workers some in cape town some in port elizabeth some in george do you have a town called george some in george some in middleburg some in petersburg some everywhere some in botswana some in swaziland everywhere spreading from jerusalem to judea to samaria to the uttermost parts of the world lift your hand and give the lord a shout of praise somebody Are you there or you've gone home are you still around how many are being blessed with loyalty and disloyalty it's a blessing 
It's always a blessing. Learn it, my brother, for your sake. Not for anybody's sake, your sake. I don't want you to go to hell. Jesus said it would have been better that he wasn't. You see, you can't affect Jesus. Jesus is already Jesus. You can't stop the work of God. You can't prevent anything that God, God is greater than any of us. You hurt yourself when you stand up and you start speaking things that you shouldn't speak. You hurt yourself when you destroy the church. Paul says, should I make myself a transgressor that after I have helped to build interfellowship, I should be the same person to help to destroy it? Am I mad? Am I mad? Ladies and gentlemen, may God use you to build a large and successful and blessed ministerial team. And may you have a full reward. Amen. And a long lasting ministry. And may God bless this church and raise up great people. And may he bless all your churches, those of us who are here. And may your right hand be stronger than it was. And may your left hand be stronger than it was before. For the Lord will strengthen both the right and the left. For the right is the sign of what you are strong in already. But he shall make it stronger even. And your left hand stand for that which you are weak in. But the Lord shall strengthen your weaknesses. And shall lift up that which could not walk. And that which could not move. And that which could not work effectively. The Lord is strengthening and has strengthened it in this time. And you shall run. And you shall walk. And you shall not be faint anymore. And discouraged anymore. For the Lord has given you light. And has poured light upon you. And upon your path. For you shall do well. And excel. Where others failed, you shall succeed. Where they fell, you shall stand. Where they couldn't continue, you shall continue. For the Lord strengthens you at this time and puts his grace upon your life. Therefore, run now. Run now. Run now. Run. Don't wait any longer. Run now. For the Lord is running with you. He's 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 running with you. Run. Run on. Run on. Don't be tired. Don't look back. Don't look back. Remember Lot's wife. Don't look back. Don't be confused. For the Lord is with you. He shall make you faster than your enemy. You shall outrun the deer and outrun the cheetah and outrun all those things that have been chasing you. For the Lord is the one who is bringing this new strength and this new blessing. Lift your hand and thank him right now. Father, we thank you. We honor you. We praise you. We bless your holy name we love you thank you for your blessing thank you for the encouragement thank you that you brought us in that you might take us out you brought us into this church that you might take us out and use us in the world to bring the light of the gospel to present the cross of jesus christ to all the nations and all the people that you have called us to thank you that you brought us in to save us to wash us in your blood to cleanse us from our evil and our sin that you might take us as a shining light to all the world and to all nations may we stand for you oh god may we not let you down oh god may we not retreat from the battle may we not withdraw our forces and may we not withdraw our strength from this battle lord we commit our best men we commit our best troops we commit our best money we commit our best time we commit our best years we commit our best seal we commit our best ideas we commit to the front line oh god that we may advance in your name
move forward in the kingdom ahead oh lord only forward lord forward only we are going forward we attend to your call we attend to your cry we attend to your call we press on oh lord to the mark of the call the mark of the high calling that we may accomplish that which you have called us for we thank you we lift our hand in victory we lift our hand in surrender to you we lift our hand for your glory for your name to be magnified to be lifted up in the land to be lifted up in our life we shall do it lord we shall not go backwards lord we shall not turn around from your call we shall not hold back our sword in time of bloodshed but we are committing ourselves to advance oh god and to do that which you have called us for we thank you stand to your feet and thank him quickly blessed be the name of the lord thank him thank him thank him oh yes thank you jesus blessed be the name of the lord thank you jesus thank you jesus you may go back to your seats god bless you hallelujah hallelujah well i'm blessed i don't know about you but i'm glad i came and i believe that as we go forward the lord shall be with us god bless you you may take your seats we hope you have been blessed and transformed by this camp to get the most out of it you will need to listen to it over and over again Make sure you listen to all the other camps in the Macanair. Don't forget to stop by our website at www.dagewoodmills.org. Here you can download other messages, videos, and find out about all the books and other resources available by Dag Mills. May God bless you and your ministry.